Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. I'm Sam. And I'm Maggie. This is a podcast where we watch the television show Glee, which aired from 2009 to 2015. Sure. I think. Yeah. Um, But we never finished it when it was on TV. Why, of course not. It's terrible. Uh, So we are watching it now together episode by episode to review it um and this is going to be the last episode that we record um uh off uh, like separately i suppose is a way way to say it recording um separately i mean if you if you want we could record in different rooms when we live together that that might be a little bit more comfortable for me honestly because i do <laughs> no, like to, i feel that yeah i like to lie completely i am completely lying down right now <laughs> okay okay sure yep okay um, um that'll be weird yeah. we're, we're gonna figure it out but yes it's true this is it's also i guess technically our last episode where each of us are in the respective state that we're in um yes yes so. that is true as well uh, yeah. we are we are both embarking on an enormous move Yes. Where we are moving into the same house at the end of it. So yes. pray for, uh, well, non-denomina- <laughs> non denominationally, um, also like maybe non um, God associated, um, pray for us. Yeah. For, for just, just a think good those. Move yeah. And for our cats to. Um, oh, God. Coexist. Yeah. Just, just think those good, happy thoughts. Put them into the universe for us, please. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that, Maggie. I mean, we'll probably talk about it afterwards. But mm. right now, we're talking about Glee, the television show. Specifically, Season 5, Episode 18, The Backup Plan. The Backup Plan. Does anyone actually have a backup plan in this episode? Because I would um. say no. And that it's like sort of a big plot point that a certain character doesn't have a backup plan. Well, um, I, I would... So, okay, well, we're going to get into it, but I would say that one of the characters is kind of, like, trying to create a backup plan, maybe? Um, I guess. But, yeah, I I agree that, like, it is a very... It is kind of a misnomer just because, like, two of the plot lines really don't have anything to do with that title, but mm-hmm. whatever. It's fine. Uh, written by Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa and directed by Ian Brennan. Sam, yes. what were the stats? Yeah, so it originally aired on April 29th, 2014, with 2.41 million viewers, which is down from last week's 2.45 million. So I think Glee's really found their, like, core audience. They found, like, the two that, and a half million people that are really willing to tune in. That is definitely a very positive spin uh, <laughs> to what has been a very steady decline. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, though, because, like, okay... <laughs> I, I want to tell you, Fox executives, this is, okay, so this is Ryan Murphy with Ian Brennan and Brad Falchuk um, flanking him on either side. He's like, I just want to impart to you, Fox executives, that we've really found our stride and we've um, really honed in on our core viewership. Yes. Well, to be fair, you know what their pitch for this episode was? 
We found a way to bring Fox into it so that you can we advertise all of your good shows. You. We found yeah. a way to parody you. You as an individual. You person sitting in front of me who gives me all the money to make the TV show. Yes. You. Well, but you'll... I mean, I'll bring it up when we get there, but there are conveniently placed ads for other shows on Fox oh, during sure. this episode. Like the, the New Girl poster and yep. stuff. Yeah, I saw them. Yep. I saw them. So, uh, which yeah. is stupid seeing as it's like... You are literally already seeing those ads. Right. In Yeah. <laughs> like, while you're watching this TV show, like, yeah. whatever. Whatever. Yep. Uh, so, the backup plan starts off with Ra- with a Rachel monologue. Yes. She's talking about how she's achieved all of her dreams and how amazing her life is as a Broadway star. She sees a homeless person sleeping on a bench with her face on it and is like, wow, all my dreams come true here in New York. And then she signs the guy's paper that he has resting on top of him. And she's like, now his dream will come true as well. And it's like... Which- is okay, Rachel. The, the most Rachel Perry thing. <laughs> it's so funny. Just this because homeless guy's one dream is to get an autograph from me, Rachel Berry, because he's sleeping on my face. She's so. I mean, I just have to refer to something Blaine has said earlier. God, I love her style. She's a horrible person, but oh, yeah. man, it's so much fun to watch. Um. But so this this monologue transitions us to so she tells us she signed to a talent agency ICA um, in order to you know help flourish her career or something. Well, and, it's sort of wild that she didn't have an agent right. at this point. <laughs> yes, you know um, what I mean because yeah. she like got she is Fanny Bryce, so I have a feeling that like as soon as she landed that role, Rachel would be like, "Well, I need an agent now." Right. Or her dads would be like, "You need an agent now." <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, as, like, yeah, the thing that really stuck out to me this episode is that, like, Rachel is literally, like, a 20-year-old who has no idea what the fuck is going on. Oh, yeah. Like, so... She, she also yeah. doesn't know who she is or what she wants, even though she tries to um, enumerate those two points over and over again. Yeah. They're never consistent. <laughs> uh, so... Yes. Um, well, or or there's like a semblance of consistency where all the other characters are like, this has been your dream, so what the fuck are you doing? And then Rachel is like, it is my dream. What the fuck am I doing? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which, um, at this yeah. meeting, yeah. she meets Mr. Rivkin, or Rifkin in the Wikipedia article, it's an F, in the subtitles, it's a V. So, whatever. And in all of our hearts means absolutely nothing. It's not exactly. important. Exactly. <laughs> He's played by a famous character actor who's been in a lot of stuff, whatever. Who Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. That's which, not him. Uh, and I'm pretty it, sure Mr. it is. It's not Gilbert Gottfried. It absolutely is not. You are very incorrect. Okay, we're going to check this out. Mr. Riff. Did you say it was a V or an F? It's an F. <laughs> Richard Kind. Oh. Oh, Sam, is that is that not Gilbert Godfrey? It's not, but ironically, he tells <laughs> Rachel that she has, quote, a face for radio. Um, yeah, well, see, if Gilbert Godfrey had done it, he'd be like, Rachel, you have a face for radio. That's which, what it okay. would have sounded like. The reason why I got them confused is because Richard Kind also has a funny voice. Which, yes, yeah. he does. Yeah. Um, he's a famous character actor. He's been in many things. And uh, he they make a bunch of, like, in-business jokes. Like, well, I guess it's stupid. Like, he's like, oh, you've got Matt, Sheila, and Joe, but I'm your point person. 
don't talk, talk to them. Me. Yeah. Don't talk to them. Which yeah, is like, I, is this like a joke? I, I think it is a joke for people who have been in talent agencies, but I haven't, so I don't get it. Um, who has, honestly, also, right? Whatever. Yeah. I, uh, Rachel wants okay. to, uh, this is brand new news to us, by the way. She wants to parlay her success into a movie or TV career. Yeah. Oh. That's new. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, which... Who knew? I, I think, I feel like this is supposed to be kind of like an maybe an in-joke or like an in-reference about the fact that she's playing Fanny Bryce because like mm-hmm. the real-life Fanny Bryce got told that she would never be able to do anything because she was too Jewish and they literally specifically call out the fact that her nose is really big, um, yeah, which is also a Fanny do. Bryce thing. So Yeah, like he... Okay, so the talent agent tells Rachel that she has a face for radio and that... Well, he doesn't say that exactly. He's like, are you familiar <laughs> with this phrase? And yes. then, you know, <laughs> if we're lucky, maybe you can play Fanny Bryce for 15 years and we can just keep milking you like the cash cow that you are, Rachel. Yeah. And uh, Rachel seems rather disheartened by what he has said, which, um, sure, that would make sense if her dream was to be in movies or TV. Uh, it is brand new to us, though. Um, yes. Well, yeah, I think Rachel would yeah. be great um, as uh, on movies or TV because it seems like they're just retelling uh leah michelle's actual life story yes at this point <laughs> yeah well it's hmm. it's funny because literally spoiler in this episode rachel will audition for a tv show and someone is like this show isn't a musical and i was like but this then show why? is a musical like <laughs> like this literal tv show oh, like is the, a musical. the show that they describe <laughs> yeah well but no. also but also like this, this show this one glee is a musical yeah. that Leah Michelle is in. Like, mm-hmm. it just gets so fucking weird. Um, but and after yeah. Leah Michelle was in uh, re- a revival of a uh, long beloved uh, Broadway show. Yes. So. Yeah. So. so. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyway, like, like you're saying, Rachel seems a little worried at the end of this conversation. We'll dig into that later. Um, we get the Glee title card, and then we get oh, to... Oh, I do want to oh. say one thing, though. Like, fuck that face for radio bullshit. Yes. Like him being like, oh, well, your nose is going to be 40 feet tall. And it's like, um, fuck you, dude. Yes. She's your talent. You ne- you're the one who wants to get her jobs because she'll make you money. And she will be on TV because fucking Leah Michelle is on TV. Like, yes. what the fuck? Well, and also, like, more... More importantly, like, Leah Michelle is not unattractive in any way. No. It, like, literally, like, that's the reason I feel like it has to be, like, a reference to Fanny Bryce, because they literally use the, like, Jewish, like, nose thing, and so it's like, this has to be, because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Like, no No, one would ever tell Leah Michelle she's not pretty enough for TV. Like, It's just, like, a stupid industry joke that no one understands about how... Uh, I guess agents are dumb or like, or, what? or anti-Semitic. Like it it doesn't make any fucking sense. The no. okay, so the only real exposure I have to agents in general is um when the McElroy brothers call their agent sure um on the on the uh, trolls podcast yeah and the, their agent seems really um supportive of everything they want yes uh. Which would make sense in this show as well, because, like, if, yes. if Rachel isn't paying them, they're getting, like, a cut of w- the money she makes, and she'll make more money on TV or in a movie than she will 
as a Broadway star, right? Well, I mean, the big thing that I think we should all take away from this, Kurt mentions this later this episode, she's been doing Fanny Bryce for less than a month. So True. like, so I think everyone in this universe is like, let's not talk about TV and movies yet. Because you haven't, you're not a Broadway star. Like, you're making a splash, but you've literally been doing it for a few weeks. So, but like, Sam, she's bored. Which, okay, she's bored. I, I'm very excited to talk about it, but we need to get there. So, yeah, so Kurt yeah. exits from Niata in the next uh, scene. He exits to see Blaine on the sidewalk and introduces Blaine to June Dalloway. Well, the idea of her anyway. She's a rich socialite who's donating money to Niata. And in a big ceremony where they dedicate the the one Niata classroom to her, um, (laughs) Kurt is going to perform. And he tells Blaine that he wants to perform Story of My Life by One Direction. And Blaine's like, oh, but how will you manage that alone? And then Kurt's like, of course I won't manage it alone. You're going to sing with me. Because we're getting married, we do literally everything to together didn't you realize that yes and there you go <laughs> yeah pretty much and they have like kind of like a weird affirmation of like oh all of our success is each other's success too which is weird <laughs> which doesn't seem um as uh like you know the relationship did seem to be going in a more healthy communicative two individuals interacting kind of way and it's not really that anymore no it's more of um <laughs> oh they're just <laughs> they are one symbiotic being yes uh, yikes yeah yikes yes 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 um so we'll get back to this but then let's move to the next scene which introduces our l- next storyline um We started off by Mercedes entering her home and Santana saying, wait, aren't you supposed to be working? Which, does Santana live with Mercedes? Well, (laughs) Santana, so Santana's wearing her diner uniform. Yes. In this scene also. Um, Yeah, I don't know why she was at Mercedes' house. Wait, like, why is she here? Why is she in her diner uniform? Where is Brittany? Yes, that's another good question. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Also, because, like, Santana has some weird stuff later. Did Santana kill Brittany on the island of Lesbos? That, or I think Brittany might have died in some, like, weird accident. Because Santana has had, like, a real change of heart this episode about being, like, nice to people. So, I don't know. Well, she wanted to be nice to people anyway right right? but like she's finally been pushed there um because anyway we'll get to it but we find out where is britney (laughs) britney watch 2019 (laughs) so so mercedes tells santana that she's been told that since her album doesn't have a good single um her it it means a ton of bad things she's not going to have a good release day she's not going to have a lot of like press about her album because the Mm -hmm. company or the record company will be able to like sell it without a good single which seems weird but sure Um, yeah and uh mercedes is worried that she's going to become a no-hit wonder yes sure and then she invites santana to sing with her so we have two invitations to sing with someone in a row Yes. Cool. Is that uh, is that yeah. the backup plan? <laughs> to just rope I... someone else into your bullshit? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah. Rachel's dressing room is the setting of the next scene. We see her doing her makeup repeatedly um, in a sort of like time-lapse kind of fashion. Yep. Where um, the PA, who we find out his name is Barclay, uh, keeps putting the... R- 
uh, the Fanny Bryce wig on and off of Rachel's desk. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again as Rachel sings, wake me up. And it's not. It's not the good one. No. It's um, the, well, it's the... It's wake the, uh, me up. Wake me up inside. What if she sang Evanescence? What if that happened while she was dressed as Fanny Bryce? What if she, in her dream sequence, sang Evanescence on the stage, a oh funny girl? Well, in- instead she sings Avicii, which is mostly yeah. because this song came out around this time. So, you know, got to get wake that money. Up. Wake me up inside. But so... Yeah, that yeah. would be so much better. It would. But so, yeah, we see her do essentially the same Fanny ritual, um, seemingly a lot of nights. Because, like you said, they have like a weird time lapse theme thing at the beginning. And then the next piece, they have literally multiple Rachels. Yeah, walking. as as Rachel yeah. exits her dressing room, there are multiples, yes. like Rachel clones, all walking the same pathway. Yes, um, all dressed as Fanny Bryce, of course. And then she goes onto the stage and continues singing the same dream, dream sequence number. Uh, so I guess this is implying that, like, Funny Girl isn't all it's cracked up to be for Rachel. Like, it, it's yes. not, like, fulfilling her dream feels lackluster or something. Yeah, I, I wrote down, implies she's bored of living her dream. Um <laughs> <laughs> like, not that anyone actually explicitly says it. It's just like... No, that's the thing I also, is that they they sort of shy away from what this plotline implies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, Rachel literally did it for like a couple nights and now she's really tired of it. She's like, well, I did it. So I guess that's it. Uh, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, I guess I'm a Broadway star now. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so Rachel is back in her dressing room seemingly after the a show has happened and jim rash who is um another famous character actor yes uh is here as lee paul blatt a fox executive you know the tv company <laughs> well maggie i i i i remember i texted you about this when i first watched it what do you think of my theory that this is literally just supposed to be ryan murphy you know, that's a really interesting premise. Like, um, he doesn't wear the shitty hat, though. Right. And I think that is integral <laughs> to Ryan Murphy as a character. See, because here's the thing. is like, he comes off as, like, I guess what I would call a typical gay, like, producer. Like, mm. where he, he says, like, he talks in a very specific way. There's a lot of, like, one-liners. And it seems like he thinks he's very, like, charming and charismatic. Don't say yes or no to me. I'm just going to leave. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, I, I, I have know. the quote. Here, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to leave before you say no. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. God, there's a lot of stuff that's a little questionable yeah. here. He but. he offers Rachel an audition yes. for a TV show that is in production called Song of Solomon. Yes. He, sure. He also notably gives her no information about it or anything that she would need to know to audition for it. Well, at the title, I thought it was going to be an actual um, like recreation of the Song of, Song of Solomon book from the Bible. Yeah. Um, because it is the raunchiest of all of them. And well, uh, I, yeah. I figured Rachel... 
Well, I mean, Rachel's Jewish, so... But, wait, it's in the Old Testament. Yes. That's still, like... Yes, that's still... In that's the scope kosher. of Judaism, right? Yeah. Um, no, it's... It's funny, because when I heard it, I thought it was going to be, like, kind of like that also, um, which is a mm-hmm. weird... Like, it, that's the thing, though. We get no information about it, and literally, he's just like, we're having auditions, we need someone to come in on Tuesday, and Rachel's like, but I'm but I doing a, a Broadway show, <laughs> and he's like... No, your understudy is doing a show. See you there. Bye. And Rachel's like, huh. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think like um, like a Song of Solomon TV show where it's it's King Solomon reincarnated. Ooh. In, a, in present like day. A modern day. Yeah. 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 That feels like it's funny because like <laughs> I would probably watch that, but I definitely could like finish the trope for you there, where it's like we take a person who isn't in modern day and put them in modern day, hijinks yeah. and hilarity ensue. Um, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I would like in the description that we get later. I think I would watch that show too. Oh, so yeah, it's it's much better than than the show we're watching. <laughs> I mean, I'm not actually sure about that, but I do. Yeah, the lead does seem pretty shit. Yeah. Um, but we'll get there. So in the meantime, um, Rachel's at the diner. She's she's brought Sydney here to kind of butter him up a little bit and propose that maybe she'll be taking a night off. Um, yeah, well, yeah. so she gives Sydney a piece of cheesecake. I do want to mention something about the set here. Yeah. Um, there is a literal Rachel Berry shrine in the diner now. Oh, my God. You can see it. There is a shot of it um, in the wide uh, as Rachel talks to Sydney. You can see behind them, there's a big picture of Rachel in the diner uniform and then like a framed playbill from Funny Girl. Oh, my God. (laughs) And like big gold stars. Well, I mean, Kurt and Santana still work there, so I'm not surprised by this. But like... No. um, I mean, I think Rachel probably made it herself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh. Rachel never really asks for a day off. More of like, she she tells Sydney like, "Oh, what if I get sick? I I am starting to feel a little run down." Yeah, and she never really asks like, "What if I take a day off?" Yeah, like, or can I take a day off? It's more of like, "What if I call in sick one day?" Something like that sort of vibe. Yeah. Which is already so unprofessional. Like, Rachel, what are you doing? You need to be like, hi, I'm the star of your show. I've been in, uh, like, months and months of consec- of eight shows a week consecutively, and I'd like a day off. Well, That's except, what you need to say, Except right? she hasn't been in months and months. Later, Kurt has confirmed that it's less than a month. So it does... that so probably blow off this random Jim Rash dude. Yeah, see, that's... Part of it is so weird. Like, it's just... She she kind of tries to address it as like, oh, well, I could take a night off to kind of revitalize that I've been feeling run down. And Sydney's like, no, no, no. I have the best ear, nose, and throat doctor in New York. He'll he's gonna shoot give you, you up. a B twelve drip. Yeah, he's gonna shoot you up full of full of good drugs, and you'll be all good. And Rachel's throat steroids. Yeah, and Rachel's kind of like, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, but yeah, this is so stupid. None of this. It doesn't really make sense, but the big thing that I want to come back to is that Rachel is a 20-year-old who is so full of unbridled ambition that, like, this doesn't feel actually out of place. 
it's bizarre, sure. but it kind of makes sense to me that like Rachel's like, oh, I did the thing I've been dreaming about doing for my entire yeah. life, and now I'm bored of it. Um, no, I, yeah. I completely, I completely see that too as well. But, but I agree. And, it's, and this yeah. is just re-emphasizing Carmen Thibodeau's point about how like Rachel needs, she needs discipline, yes. and she has none. Yeah, yeah. No, no kid. That's and that I also think is the other thing is that like. As a 20-year-old, she is doing this in the worst way possible because she is... Like, itching around the... She needs to be professional. Yeah. She's, like, acting like Sydney's, like, her dad. Yes. That she can lie to or something. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Or, like, her choir director that she can just lie to. (laughs) He is your employer. Yeah. Um, So... Well, we'll be talking about this more. But first, we go to uh, Santana and Mercedes. They're they're not really hitting their groove in the recording booth. Um, Deshaun mm-hmm. is the producer that we are working with this episode. And Deshaun's pretty great. He is. He he. Speaking of professional, he seems pretty professional. Um. Oh yeah, but also chill as fuck. Yes. Uh, I do want to make a note here that Deshaun was not in the Wikipedia page. Which seems... Racist. Racist. Wait, okay. Richard Kind <laughs> was in the Wikipedia page, but Deshaun yeah. wasn't? Like, fuck yep. off. And this this guy, the actor, is from, like, CSI something something. Yeah. I recognize him. CS, CSI Iceland. Reykjavik. Um, no, but, like... Oh, my God. CSI Reykjavik would be great, because but, it would be dark. Yeah. Completely pitch. Pitch black. And they every would, episode. And there's no crime. And they would drink a lot. Yeah, but... No, I mean, it's just, like, he has actual lines and is an important character, whereas, like, the talent yeah. agent is not at all. But anyway, yeah. so Santana is like, didn't you come here to, like, get the New York experience? This booth could be anywhere. Why don't we, like, go somewhere? And then Deshaun chimes in to be like, oh, yeah, um, what's this? Billy Joel put, like, a drum... A- it's, he said Bruce Springsteen, oh, but sure. same diff. Pretty much. But put a drum set in an elevator to get the right sound. And Mercy's like, cool, let's go. And then they they do it. They go and they sing. They just... Yeah. yeah. They, they sing. walk around this yeah. complex. Yes. Or, like... Recording studio building. Yeah. It, it, well, they do that for a little bit. But then it seems like they go into some weird, like... Dungeon. Yeah. Parking garage. But then also there's just, like, steel beams all around um it's like a it's like a city dungeon yes you know, like an urban dungeon yeah it's Ooh. like a basement somewhere that's full of nothing just cement um but yeah. just just these two people singing and this guy with a microphone following them and recording them yes uh they do a cover of doo-wop that thing yep a lauren hill song uh and it's amazing of course yes. they sound super good because of course they do, and Deshaun is like, "Wow, you guys sound amazing." Yes, um, and he tells Mercedes that if she records her single in this, like, he calls it a dungeon. Uh, <laughs> if she records it well, here, that's why I did. Yeah, um, if she records it here, then her album will be a sure hit because the sound that they're getting is just so good. So great. It seems to me like it'd be really echoey and shitty, especially with Santana holding that, like, Beats pill. Well, was that, like, <laughs> it's so weird, because it looks just like a brick. It looks kind of like, like a big Lego brick, and it's like, what? what is happening? I mean, but that stereo is product placement, right? Like, I don't know what it mm, is, it's, but... It's gotta be, but we don't know what it is, so obviously it was bad product placement. Um, <laughs> So, anyway, we'll, we'll move on to the next scene. Um, Kurt is telling Rachel about this opportunity that she has found, Um. 
And Kurt reminds her. Kurt opens the scene with with tying his ascot. By the way, yes, a very tiny ascot, like. Well, barely reaches around his neck kind of thing. Maggie, to be fair, when we see the audience that he is performing for, it's probably appropriate because it's all like these yeah, older but... women. So, Oh, but it's like minimal coverage, Sam. Oh, well, but I'm saying that like it fits with like the fashions of like the 70s and 80s. Not really. Does it though? It's too day. tiny for that. Um, <laughs> well, it's like a modern day take on it. Very curt. Very very fashion forward. Oh, of course. It's very curt. <laughs> it's more choker than scarf. Yes. Let's just say that. And um, he tells Rachel, he's like, you've only been doing Funny Girl for a month. I thought this was your dream. The fuck are you doing, bitch? Yes. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just take sick day. Don't lie to Sydney. Yes. And Rachel's like, thank you so much for your support. You're a great friend. And then she um, she calls Jim Rash to confirm her tutorial. Yeah. Her, um, yeah. She uh, audition. She effectively compares herself to like a couple like actual like celebrity actors and says that Broadway is just a stepping stone to a real career, which is like. I mean, but since when? Like Kurt says that too. He's yeah. like, since when, bitch? I thought this was your dream. Well, and also like, it's like she pulls out like Meryl Streep and. Kurt is like, yeah, but she was, like, established when she made the switch, bitch. Like, come on. It's just, it, yeah. Um, The other thing that I think is really funny is that in order, like, in order to count Kurt as one of her supporters, Rachel is like, well, if someone came to you at Niada and said, you like, you could audition for a TV show, tell me you wouldn't go do it. And Kurt's like, doesn't say anything. And it's like, okay, I guess that means See? he supports me. See, Kurt? <laughs> My my brilliant logical argument has backed you into a corner. Can't you see that I need to go to Los Angeles and lie to my j- b- boss yeah. about it? <laughs> yeah, she's Duh. the worst. Um, so yeah, so then we move to the next scene, which we we are in the Niata classroom, which is getting redubbed as the June Dalloway Dance Studio. Um, well, it's it's actually the Dalloway Dance Lab. Oh, sure. Yeah. That is the name of it. The mime yes. teacher yes. is the one doing all the introductions. Yes. Um, oh. And he he gestures at a plaque that gets a very dramatic reveal. Yes. <laughs> like a little black, sh- black velvet sheet gets pulled off of this plaque that's like, I don't know, like eight feet up. Like, I don't know how they attach this yeah, I, sheet to yep. this plaque, but... Yeah. Yeah. He also uh, that part is great. Yes. He also introduces June Dalloway, who is Shirley MacLaine, which is kind of wow, impressive. What a get. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, she won a Kennedy. She got a Kennedy Center Honors Award. Like, she's kind a, of a year before this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, th- there's much applause, and then he also intros Kurt and Blaine as two of their like brightest students or something Star- like that performers yeah star student performers and they go up there and they sing stories of my life by one direction yeah uh blaine kneels in front of june dalloway and kisses her hand yes at one point (laughs) yes um yeah june is into it also like oh yeah, yeah totally she's she's about the number she's enjoying it and at the end of it, she everyone just sort of disperses immediately. Yes. And she goes, <laughs> that dispersal is weird, right? Yes. Um, and she, she goes up to Kurt and Blaine and says, I love your youthful energy. And then she gives Blaine like a clear up down, like, yep. 
look look at his uh, you know gelled down helmet all the way down to his high water pants and then she looks right back up and says this is the one yes this is this is the one that I want. The demon that I need in my life. <laughs> yes. She, and she invites yeah. him to the Soho Center for Art. Yes. Where they will get... I think it's weird because the subtitles definitely imply that the chicken is worth $25,000. But I'm pretty sure yeah. she says 2500 But then later someone says twenty five grand. So... Anyway, um, um, the food yeah, is expensive. Th- anyway, they're going to a very expensive dinner because, you know, you get a plate of food for a lot of money because it's all going to some sort of organization. Very nebulous. Yes. Doesn't really very very socialite. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, very socialite. But it is. So the best, honestly, what's very good about this is June comes up and is talking to both of them, kind of. But then she just is like. I have an eye for talent and I want you to escort me to this event. And Kurt is like, Oh my God. Yes, I will do it. And then she's like, not you, which not you, <laughs> I want Blaine. I want you to be my lump of coal that yes. I can turn into a rough diamond. Yes. Um, so yeah, she is. She's chosen Blaine, which is an interesting choice. And we'll wrap back well, around. She to chose it. him because his, magical glamour convinced her that that is what she wants and or i mean blaine's like oh so much the better i can take this away from kurt or maggie she's also a demon Ooh, yeah because <laughs> well we'll talk about yeah. it there, there's some stuff no, i like that yeah so well well let's move on for now um we we move i like the idea of uh, the idea of shirley mcclain like the human yes. being sort of a mystical being yes um and I think she likes it too because she is into sort of that like new agey shit. Sure. Um, so <laughs> yes, yeah. So yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about it. Um, but first, we're, we're back in the loft, and uh, Kurt is helping Blaine get into his tux to get ready for this. Yeah, event. he's dressing Blaine yeah. um, like the little doll that he treats him as. Yes. And uh, Kurt tells him that he's not jealous, uh, that he is jealous, but he's not resentful. Yes. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and that Blaine needs to go and promote the both of them because success for one of them equals success for both of them but also they are gonna both be successful anyway yes um, okay blaine is like blaine does have some stuff about how he like he's sorry that like he couldn't get kurt into this dinner um which is interesting like i don't know it just there's also a mention so kurt's like you look like montgomery clift and blaine says what and then blaine says oh before the accident which feels so niche and like so not mm-hmm. a joke that anyone what? who watches the show would get like Sam I didn't get it. Can yeah. you explain it to me? No, I didn't get it either. I looked up Montgomery <laughs> Clift and found that he was an attractive man. I didn't really I didn't really want to dig into what the accident must have been because so that sounds horrible. He must have had horrible. a horrible accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but anyway, they they reaffirm their love for well, each other. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense for the viewers of the show, of course. Right. Neither of us got it, right? Yes. We are the target audience. We have said this before, but um Kurt and Blaine obviously get it because this is their well interest. It, it's so set. what's what's also but what's weird about that too is that earlier this episode when Clay or when Kurt was telling Blaine about Jane yes, June Dalloway. He doesn't know who June Dalloway is. Yes. So it's so like So what is Blaine's character? Like I don't I don't know cuz that's the thing. Is Blaine no. obsessed with Star Wars or is he about or does he know who Montgomery Cliff is? I mean like, it, it's it honestly just feels like Blaine 
like everyone on the show has like an expansive repertoire of knowledge of just random bullshit. Um, yeah, but that's kind of typical for like witty, quippy TV shows. I think so. I think it's just the the people who write it just want to show off that they know a lot of shit. Um, anyway, so we are immediately at this event. Yes, we are here at the event, and it is the one percent of the one percent, as June Dalloway says. Yep, and she uh, talks to Blaine, and Blaine says, "Oh, you know, Kurt said that." Someone like you must not have any friends. And what June sh- says, "Of course, I have friends. What a I have thing a to lot say. of friends. Yeah, and, and uh, I want to be your friend, Blaine. Yes, so that I can launch your career because I only launch the careers of my friends. Yeah, she, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and then June talks to some lackey of hers. Yes, uh, to tell who tells her that they're they're not reaching their donation goal right yeah yeah he says that they've only made two million which makes blaine's eyes kind of bug out but june is like well that just won't do so then she gets up and blaine is like where are you going and she's like oh i have to go earn our supper which is like what i don't i do not find this like wealthy socialite character interesting no um because i just get pissed off That's fair. She is very... $2 million at this fucking Soho Art Center? Like, who are you serving, Soho Art Center? Well, and also, like, it's not even established that this is necessarily for this art center. For that, It it is just an event here for some reason? It's just an event. It could be, I don't know, fundraising for... This is 2014, right? Yeah. Fundraising for... I don't Mitt know. Romney? No, no, that was 2012. Shit. I mean, never mind. The the big thing is just that like I think there's even a line near the beginning of this where June talks about how like the money just like they all like pay each other their own money or something. But anyway, she and Blaine end up because she pulls him up on stage too. They end up singing a uh, piece of my heart, which um, yeah. is it's uh, I think it's a Janis Joplin number. It is. A, it is. It's a good number. Um, it's just yeah. weird because they're doing it for weird. cash tips. Yeah. Yeah. Blaine picks up cash from people like he's a drag queen. Yes. Sort of. and, and then they make it rain. So like there's. Yeah. And yeah. like the lackey has like a square reader that he's swiping cards. Yes. On, and like people are writing checks and shit. Yeah. So like. And here I am thinking that we need to kill all the rich and probably eat them. I mean, it's a vegan diet. They're rich. It's fine. Yeah. Um, well, we have to set an example. Like if we don't do that, exactly. people will think they should be rich again. So. Exactly. Yeah, but um yeah, it's it's weird. I I on second watch, I do enjoy the number, but like the context is super weird and like I just don't really get it maybe. I just to be fair, I like yeah. where this goes. It's just this scene doesn't really do a lot for me. <laughs> it it does the whole plot line doesn't really do a lot for me, honestly, sure. because like Blaine doesn't really talk a lot. No at all um and june doesn't really have a a presence well see, in the show yeah like okay i'm thinking of like an of like april Rhodes, sure for instance as a guest star like she had definite presence she she was motivated she said some whack shit and like i think june dalloway could fill a similar role of like well, you know saying some wacky shit and <laughs> yeah but i and, yeah. and just like being fun but peace of my heart it's like it's just not a good number like 
I watched it and I was just like so uninspired. Yeah, that's fair. I Ugh. I think yeah, it's just I just I I appreciate the fact that they have her because I I really like what the I think what the intent is at least later. Like I, I want to run back to this sure. when we get the next scene with them because the intent is to pull Clay apart again. Yes, of course, yeah. to make the fans want to keep watching. Yes. Are they going to stay together? Are they truly Endgame? That's what those two point five million people actually want to know. Yeah, but in the meantime, um, Mercedes is this toxic <laughs> relationship between nineteen year olds who are engaged gonna last i mean i don't know stay tuned to find out um but yeah so uh mercedes drags santana to the recording studio and demands that santana be in a duet with her for the single um but deshaun the sound guy says it's a bad idea yes and, he even uh, that yeah I, well i was gonna say he's like yeah go for it he's like a duet might not is isn't the worst idea mercedes but let me call katie or carly yes is that carly ray jepsen i assume so um which is great. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> An Amber Riley track with Carly Rae Jepsen on it. I think I would actually literally die. Play that at my funeral, please. <laughs> this is the song that killed her. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah. He, he suggests, like, an alternative plan to be like, hey, like, you know, we'll find someone who's more famous than you. And then the, that'll help boost your career. And we'll have Santana sing in the background. And then on your next album, she can have, like, a full-on duet with you. And Mercedes is like. And Mercedes is firm. No. <laughs> I want Santana to be on duet with me right now. And Santana is even like, hey, um, this is a bad idea. Let's go. Like, it's fine. I don't need it. Um, Yeah. Santana says she's not worth it. And she leaves. Which is, I don't like that. Because Santana needs more self-confidence. But I do agree with her that, like, we should listen to Deshaun and hear what he has to say. Because he's a professional. Like, he knows his <laughs> shit, obviously. Yeah, maybe these 19-year-olds shouldn't be making yeah. huge decisions without the advice of professionals. Huh. Or, yeah. Next is Rachel making a fake sick call. Oh, my God. We even get the split <laughs> screen. Like, Glee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It is just, like, the most unprofessional thing. Yes. Ever. You know what I mean? Like, she could call in and be like, I'm taking a personal day and just, like, not explain rather than just being like, <laughs> I'm sick. I have like, the flu. Rachel. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious that she, like, gets some kind of weird pleasure out of this. <laughs> like, yeah. she's real proud of herself for being so yeah. schemy. She's got like, a big fucking smile on her face. She waited until she was literally on the like studio lot yes. in LA to make this call. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I just, I mean, it makes sense because like if she, it, it, she would have had to get up really early to get a flight that would land her in LA, like in the morning. So like, mm-hmm. I guess you should wait to make your fake call until you're already across the country. But like, it's just, it's really bad. This whole thing is Listen, just feels if you're bad. Call in sick. You need to be more convincing too. Yes, seriously. Yeah, like she's a she's a professional actress now. Shouldn't she have a more convinc- convincing sick call? Also, <laughs> I mean, this is just so stupid. Yes, you know, Rachel yeah. could just be like, you have like Fox clearly has offices in New York. Yes, or like, can I? Yeah, like, or you know, like. You don't need the very first thing that, like, comes up, Rachel. Yeah, just because Jim Rash, like, didn't take no for an answer doesn't mean you can't tell him no, bitch. Yeah, which, yeah, I mean, 
I, I again. I don't. I don't mean to call Rachel a bitch so much, but I'm just very frustrated with her. Yes, like this is supposed to be her dream. She's supposed to have like realized, like actualized who she's supposed to be, and like suddenly she's not feeling it. But they don't even like delve into what those emotions are. No, like is, are we gonna get an episode where Rachel like has self realization that like her dreams weren't all they cracked were cracked up to be? Like that's what I want to see. Well, rather than. Her, yeah. her her worst audition literally ever. Yeah, which, like, again, I don't know. It just, I feel like it, again, goes back to, like, you're a 20-year-old, and, like, you think that if you don't take the first thing that comes she up, you're going to die. She, like, she needs a better agent. Yeah. She needs one of her dads to be her agent. Can Jeff Goldblum <laughs> be Rachel's agent? I mean, Maggie, that would mean he'd have to be on the show again, and as we know... Oh, what if you... What if he was? That would be so good. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Is he too busy making those apartment ads? Probably. Probably. Okay. So Rachel meets um, Andrew Cosgrove, who is the Solomon. Yes. Uh, of the show. He is generic and white and boring. Yep. And uh, Rachel <laughs> brings a fucking boombox into the uh, audition room yep. and just puts it down and says, I'm going to be singing The Rose. Yes. And sings the rose. Yes. Um, yeah. Give me just a second. I need to turn my lights on. I already turned mine on. I have the uh, the hue light bulbs that I can control from my phone. I got to say, it was one of the best um, rash investments I've ever made. Uh, if you're interested in getting some of those hue light bulbs, I don't have any sort of discount code for you. And hopefully all of this has been cut. Yeah. So You're welcome. No. So she sings the rose. And I feel like it's mostly so they can make all these jokes because the song has a lot of, like, natural pauses in it that, like, people yeah. will, like, try to react. But then Rachel starts singing again, which is funny because the situation is so awkward and terrible that, like, yeah. you need anything you can to relieve the tension. I suppose you could um, praise Ian, Fal- Ian Brennan for um, the palpable awkwardness. Yes throughout the whole scene um but it makes me not want to watch it like i'm the kind of person who when i see cringe content i don't want to watch it i don't want to watch it and enjoy cringing i like we live in a society of masochists who want to watch cringe content yeah and i'm not about it just no well that's none yeah like i was literally like my reaction to any time i watch a television show where something happens that is just like intentionally terribly awkward is just to like curl up and like yep curl up like a fetus <laughs> cover yourself with a blanket well don't look at the screen and, and chris like well like be like no you have to watch and i'm like no i don't really no, have no. to watch i'm, I'm good i don't want to see this it's so awful like mostly because yeah jim yeah. rash like tries to get up in the middle of the song to like try to cut her off or something yes and somebody is texting one of the fox executives is texting and we get a lot of panning shots of all of the posters on the wall yes oh look it's new girl <laughs> oh on airs on tuesday oh yes oh. um yeah so then yeah she finishes up and we find out that the show isn't a musical um in fact it's a complicated space opera well, the way that he phrases it is a sci-fi space opera. That is the quote. And I was like, opera? 
Well, that's hmm. Maggie. I guess I guess you could call Star Wars yes. a space opera, and there's yeah. no one singing in that. But imagine how much better it would be if there was, and yeah. if Yoda just you know had like a a cool sort Deep of Eye of voice. the Tiger esque montage uh, yeah. training number that he would sing from the back of. Of like you, while he's piggyback on Luke Skywalker, have you thought about that? I mean, isn't that have you thought about isn't how, that literally how just, great it would be to have like Obi Wan and Anakin sing like a duet together when they're I don't know fighting bad guys? Didn't you um, right before the Clone Wars happened? I, I feel like you just described first Hercules and then like Mulan. Maybe I just and, and, yeah, and then <laughs> like okay, so you know, <laughs> you know, there's like the scene where um, uh, General. S- What's his name? He's Sauron. What's that guy's name? Christopher Lee. He, General Christopher Lee. <laughs> General General Christopher Lee. In his deep baritone, if he like sings about the power of the Sith, like come oh, on, come Palpatine? on. How? Um, no, not Palpatine. That I'm ta- I'm talking about Christopher Lee. Um, because he's he is Sith. He's bad. He's bad. He wait. fights Obi Wan in one of the prequels. Oh, okay. wait. Is it? Is he the spiky-headed guy, or is he the like General Grievous, no, the one with the four that's lightsabers? No, General Grievous is the robot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Anyway, this is so off topic. Christopher Lee has a meat Although, body no. that he appears in in the in the movie. Okay, but you know what this does exemplify? How this space opera television show. Is incredibly complex with a ton of weird it's, characters and names and stuff like that. It's Guardians of the Galaxy meets Game of Thrones, and Rachel will be playing Galadriel. Yes, which is a name stolen from Lord of the Rings. Yes, and she's going to be some sort of uh, nebulous space race species. Yeah, and uh, she is the last of her kind. Yes, <laughs> there's been a big genocide, and her planet has been destroyed. Also seems sort of sort of Star Wars ripoffy, but whatever. And um, this audition is torture. Yes. Well, yeah. So they they're like, "Didn't you get a script?" And she's like, "No." And, Lee, and no, <laughs> I only heard the name "Song of Solomon." Yeah. Jim Rash is like, "So I came to sing a song." Jim Rash is like, "I'm gonna fire my assistant." But so they give her a script, and then they have their Solomon come up, and they do the first scene where. The guy who plays Solomon does, like, a lot of arm movements to indicate, I guess, flying a spaceship, um, which, the, like, the scene is terrible. Rachel can't pronounce any of the weird words, and actually watching the subtitles helped a lot because it's like, oh, I couldn't pronounce that word either. Like, Yeah, it's like XTX or something. There's two X's in, yes. in like, the name of her planet. Yeah. Or whatever, and he's like, "That's how you say it, but don't let it take it take you out of the scene. Just keep going." Yeah, Jim Rash is funny. I think he's he's got a lot of character. Uh, I don't know inherent sort of yeah. funny mannerisms that uh, I can really appreciate from him in this role. Um, so Rachel is like is running the scene with um, Andrew Cosgrove or whatever. Is he Miranda Cosgrove's more boring sibling? Probably. Maybe. Uh, and he is like really aggressive and angry because i guess even in a sci-fi space opera the only person who makes sense to be a main character is an angry white man well maggie yes because then they have a kiss which is yeah because rachel tries to like i don't know 
yell at him about how this flute that okay the premise of the show he's supposed to find this flute that he keeps having visions about that if he finds this flute and he plays the song of solomon on this flute he will open a wormhole to his original home planet yes yeah okay yeah so yeah and he she's like the stupid flute and he's like i have ever about the only visions i've been having lately are about you and then, and then the, he kisses her. And, okay, like perhaps, like luckily, like this is a television show, so obviously it's Lea like Michelle kills it. Yeah, though. but like literally, Rachel's expression when he's like, because it honestly feels more like he's like forcing his like mouth on her, and she's just like, oh, and it's really gross and terrible. Um, it's well acted. It's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Leah Michelle keeps her mouth completely uh, sealed. Yes, yes, <laughs> the entire time, which is great. Like it's just, uh, and she does have sort of a forced smile on her face at the same time. Well, like a. Mm. What's great about it is that, like, while he's kissing her, she has like a yucky face. But as soon as he gets off of her face, she like has like this very obviously forced smile, which is like, yep. good job, Rachel. <laughs> Show face. And then we go right outside where Rachel is exiting this audition and saying aloud, wow, that audition was horrible. <laughs> yes. And uh, she calls Sydney well, to... Yeah, she, it's, yes? she opens her phone and saws that she has 15 missed calls from Sydney, which is never a good Woof. sign from your boss. Um, yeah. And she calls him back. And there's a split screen where she tells him how happy she is to be in Funny Girl, how it's such an amazing opportunity, how she's really enjoying herself doing it, and how Sydney's a great producer, and how just thinking about how amazing it all is has made her well again. Um, feel confident, well again, yes. good enough to come back and perform tonight. And Sydney well, says, great. Yeah. Wendy the, understu- Wendy the understudy fell off the stage and then his split screen um, pans over to um, someone who's looks sort of like Rachel and has a big ice pack on her head and somebody is saying you fell off the stage <laughs> yes yeah which like so yeah just to clarify I don't think Rachel says that she's willing to perform that night I think she tries to imply more that like oh she'll be ready to go tomorrow but uh, Sydney is like, oh, your understudy got hurt, so you need to be here at 7.30. Chug a lot of water, sit next to a humidifier, do whatever you gotta do, but you gotta be here at 7.30. And Rachel... See ya! Rachel, <laughs> immediately back in LA, Rachel runs to the street and is like, I need a taxi! Um, and jumps yep. in a taxi and is like, I need to go to the airport. And then we cut. So... Blaine wants to be June when he grows up. Yes. Is what he imparts to her. They're at a some sort of lunch. Yes. Uh, or a meal together. They're sharing a meal at a fancy restaurant because that's how June do it. Yes. And uh, Blaine seems happy to be with her, I guess. Um, yeah. More, I mean, he's not really emoting at all. Well, he does, <laughs> uh, he does tell her, I want to be you when I grow up, which... I mean, the, my favorite thing is that she replies that, oh, why is that? And he's like, well, you just radiate such charisma and, like, everyone really likes you. And she- and June tells him that she, you only get out what you 
you only get in what you put out. Like yes. being charismatic to every single person you meet and like putting those good vibes out there will bring fortunate things back to you which is like such a privileged way to think about the world well, maggie um, I, I, when you're a wealthy fucking socialite who thinks like two million dollars is a, pu- a paltry sum like this like oh well you know you just need to actualize your reality bullshit i'm not about it well maggie i wrote down she tells him the secret um <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah so um so yeah she and then follows into this by saying i'm going to put on a show to showcase your talent and help introduce you to the world. And Blaine is like, cool, can we include Kurt? We said we'd do everything together. And she says, no. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Definitely not. Absolutely Um, not. And I know you don't want this advice, but you need to break off your engagement. Yes. Uh, Your love will not last. The first love that you ever have is honestly a test for the rest of your life. Yes. Um, Oh, God. um, And that Blaine needs to venture out like a samurai to reach his full potential. Yes. See, this is the conversation where I feel like she is like some kind of like Wacky. grand demon. That like yeah, okay. that like Blaine is like, man, I want to be just like you. And she's like, well, then stop with your paltry, petty bullshit where you're ruining one well, person's stop life. stop trying to destroy this one mortal's life. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point. Yes. Um, yeah, think, I can understand that. Think of the damage you could do with more, <laughs> like, with, with a wider scope. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it, like, I also just love that, like, like you were saying before, they've shoehorned in yet another reason for Clay to break up. Like... <laughs> Like, we have to test their relationship again. That's the only content people want. Oh, Oh, we just need something for one of the the members of Clayne to lie to the other one about. Yeah. We need need something else. Of course. Okay. So, uh, we see Rachel panicking in traffic next because, of course, it's L.A. There's traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. We all live in coastal cities because we're the liberal elite, so we understand that joke. Well, specifically Um, L.A. Because everyone has to drive Um, in L.A., but yeah. Yeah. Rachel calls Kurt um, to panic on the phone to him, and he, uh, in the split screen, he definitely um, starts to feel it as well. Yes. His eyes just sort of widen until he says, this is a disaster. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> you don't think Rachel doesn't already know that? Um, but yeah, so... Um, no, Rachel wanted him to have that reaction, though, for real. That's true. Like, she, she wants someone to, like, commiserate and also be as dramatic. Yeah, and, so then... We uh, move. So, did you catch this? The transition out yeah. of the split screen is like a weird, like clock wipe, like like a weird, huh. like like because they're on the clock. I guess there's time running out. <laughs> I guess, but it's like it doesn't. <laughs> like I only say that because it, yeah. it goes like clockwise and like like you know goes around the screen to cut us into the diner, and it's just like what a weird. weird. Anyway, so Mercedes. Mercedes yeah. brings a contract to Santana yes. for her to sign because they're the top bitches of Glee and they need to sing together. And Mercedes is firm about that. Yes. And uh, before they can really 
quash this beef or whatever, uh, Kurt comes in to panic at both of them. Yes. Haven't you checked your phone? Don't you realize that Rachel can't go on tonight as Fanny because she's made this ridiculous decision to lie to her boss about where she is and go um, try to get a new job? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it's... And, yeah. Yeah. and then he suggests a cavalcade of terrible ideas for how to stall the show, um, yep. which Santana is like, all of those are terrible. All of those ideas are terrible. And they're really bad. I have a better one. So we're just going to... I, I have a good idea. It's all going to be okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the I, I did want to point out that I do like... So when Mercedes presents this contract to Santana, Santana originally is just like, no, no, you heard what Deshaun said. No, 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 no. And then Mercedes just smoozes yep. her real hard. And is like, you're mm-hmm. so good at singing, Santana. And Santana's like... You're right. I am good at singing. <laughs> but yeah, so we move directly to the... I, I think we get a flash of inside Rachel's um, like dressing room. There's someone like rifling a script or something. And then... Yep. Yeah. And we, we see Sydney come in. Yes. And almost like he's about to talk to Rachel. And then, bam, it's Santana. She turns around and she says, I'm going to perform tonight. And Sydney's like, where's Rachel? And Santana says, not here. Yes. I'm going on. Yes. And then Sydney's like, didn't you quit? And Santana's like, yes. And I can quit again if you'd like. Uh, or I can quit again if you'd like to refund all of the people who showed up for tonight's performance. Um, and then it just kind of ends. The scene or ends. I can go kill it. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, we see Rachel and Santana sharing a meal. Yes. In the next scene. Yes. Uh, because... <laughs> Okay, yes. and I guess, I guess I didn't need to see Santana as Fanny, but wouldn't it have been nice to see like Santana do a big Fanny Bryce number? Yeah, like one of the ones we haven't seen yet, or something. I don't. Maybe yeah. I. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe more music I, yeah. <laughs> instead of uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, so they're sharing a meal, and Rachel describes Santana's actions as a sudden thawing of an icy heart. Yes, and. Santana says that she's trying to be a different kind of friend because she killed Brittany and Lesbos and is dealing with that guilt. Yes. And Rachel... Um, That's uh, so horrible. Tells... <laughs> I know. I hope that... I mean, it didn't happen, right? It can't have. It didn't It didn't happen. Um, just like... I mean, but not purposefully. It'd be in like some sort of... Maybe they, they both did really weird drugs and <laughs> yes well that's what i'm saying i'm happened. saying there was a tragic accident like i don't think they yeah. responsible necessarily oh but. yeah like britney fell over a banister or something yes and santana is just like panicked yes and, like hit the body or, or something horrible like that or um, better like she fell mm-hmm. off some boat and everyone just assumed she was dead but she'll come back and it turns out that she you know was a mermaid the whole time or something but no sam okay so britney falls into the ocean and april rhodes and holly holiday <laughs> save her with their cruise ship their gay pirate cruise ship yes okay yeah probably that but um the reason this comes up so like you were saying um it's because so rachel starts this off by saying that she's killing two birds with one stone um which is that she's thanking santana but um i guess like, she's thanking Santana for, you know, <laughs> filling in for her. And then the other stone is that now she can, like, hear what Santana wants or something in return. Which, yes. yeah, Santana's offended by that. 
because it is kind of offensive to be like, you yep. obviously want something. But, um, yeah, and then they have the nice conversation where she's like, oh, like, you're, you know, you're a good person now. And she is like, why try to be? Um, and yeah. we find out that Rachel has a mandatory meeting yes. with Sydney, the producer. Um, she also said that she emailed Rupert, whoever the fuck Rupert I think he's is. whole cake. <laughs> He might be whole cake. Who knows? We haven't seen him in a few episodes or this entire season. Yeah, We haven't seen him this entire season. Uh, and Rachel is uh, worried that she's thrown her dreams away, which she obviously has. Yep. Uh, good job, idiot. <laughs> and uh, Santana says, you're amazing. Even if you are terrible to work with, people will want to work with you. Yep. And Rachel's like, I'm insulted, but you're a good friend. <laughs> and there you go. Well, Rachel's uh, like, I think that was supposed to be a compliment. But, yeah. <laughs> we go to Mercedes' apartment where Clayne are going to have some couch time. That's with a K. Well, I, yeah, but, like, not in the, like, Sam Sadie's couch time way. No, not in, like, the make out on couch time. No, instead it's um, it's Kurt saying, by the way, I'm upset with you. Because <laughs> yes. they are a little bit more communicative now. That's good. Um, about how Blaine hasn't been texting him about every single thing he does with June Dalloway. Yes. Uh, and Blaine's like, uh, it, he's also upset that they haven't had a lot of time together. And Blaine's like, well, you told me to never say no to June. And she wants me to spend six hours with her every day. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> which like, how is he going to school? Whatever. Uh, and Blaine lies to Kurt. Yes. Um, because we didn't say, we didn't talk about this, but June wants to put on this big show to showcase all of Blaine's talent. Um, and, uh, wait, no, we, maybe we did we, talk about We this? mentioned it, yeah. No, she wants to put on a big show. Sorry, and she, I was, I might have been scrolling through Instagram at that yeah. point. I wasn't. I was a You're fine. Um, so joke. Blaine, but Blaine wanted to include Kurt, and she said, absolutely not. So Kurt, yep. like, Blaine is like, well, I didn't tell you about any of it, because we just talk. And he's like, what do you talk about? And he's like, well, we're doing this show, and I didn't want to tell you, because... Because you, you're going to be in you it. You have a big part in it. And Kurt's like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> and he gets really excited. And he's like, this is great. I knew that you being friends with June would be so great for both of us. Yeah. Thanks so much, Blaine. Now I understand why you haven't been telling me because you wanted to keep it a surprise. I love you. Oh, my God. And yeah. Blaine's just like... I love you too. And they hug and he's smiling the entire time. There isn't even a fucking turn where he starts to panic. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is TV. Why well, hasn't Blaine's baseball in from that horrible lie? Yeah, like, they even have the classic shot where, like, he's hugging Kurt and he's looking over Kurt's shoulder. And, like, like you said, there's usually a moment where, like, someone's kind of like, <gasps> like, what am I supposed to do? But no, Kurt, like, Blaine just keeps smiling. And I was just like, this is a very tense scene. But, like, it's it feels so weird like everything about this is just fucking weird so yeah uh so we go to the mandatory meeting yes. next where rachel goes into sydney's office she apologizes first um she's like mr green i just really want to apologize uh please don't fire me yes and sydney says i'm not going to fire you but i wanted to you're an ambitious irresponsible child me, the director, and all the investors think that, but we can't fire you because you're the star. Yes. So. Which, yeah. And so he he promises, I don't know if it's a, it, it, he threatens, I guess. 
Well, he he promises to destroy. Yes, her. <laughs> right, which is a threat in a sense. But um, yeah, he he says that if she ever does anything like this again, he will sue her back to the Stone Age and ruin her reputation so that she'll never get another job. But you know, and Rachel um goes out into the hallway to cry. Yes, uh, we don't see how this uh meeting ends. No, we don't see like see. In a real life situation, Sydney would say that, like, I promise to destroy you or whatever. And Rachel would have to be like, oh, well, I'm really, really sorry. Yes. And it won't happen. And I really want this job. And please, <laughs> I'll be hungry on the street. I'll have to go back to the diner. You saw how hor- horrible it was there. Yes. Like, none of that cowering. Yeah, which, to be fair. Sort of groveling happened. I am glad we didn't see it because, like, as much as I despise Rachel's actions this episode I don't really need her to be so like humiliated like further Mm. in this scene she is all like him chewing her out is already pretty good like and also terrible and hard to watch but like Mm. like I I guess it doesn't because then we she goes out into the hallway and she's crying so we can tell that it didn't go particularly well to end here um but then Lee the Jim Rash character Paul Blatt. Yeah, calls her... <laughs> Paul Blatt. Uh, he calls her... That's his name. I know. But anyway, Paul Blatt Mall <laughs> it's Cop. It's a Paul Blatt um, joke, surely. Yes, yeah, so then he calls her to tell her that she didn't get the show part, where she's like, yeah, I knew that already. But then he, he he's like, well, I have good news. Um, we're offering you a development deal. And she's like, oh, that's great. Like, And it's like, Rachel, did you not hear what Sydney literally just said to you? Yeah. Like, how stupid are you? Oh, God. And Rachel is like, wow, that's amazing. Yes. And uh, she's like, but I don't even really know what that means. And then Paul Blatt is like, oh, well, we're, it's going to be a TV show about you, Rachel. Yes. And you'll have a writer in New York. You don't even have to come to L.A. Yeah. And Rachel's like, amazing <sighs> yeah i mean okay yeah sure i i want to see the the i don't know character growth that goes along with this change of heart like yeah. rachel really thinking about how she doesn't like being a broadway star isn't what she thought it was like wouldn't that be such a where is that wouldn't that be more interesting and less tension riddled and cringy than what happened here yeah <laughs> Less cringy than just adding in like a bunch of random characters that we're never going to see again. Yeah. Um, wow, it's like actual good TV to have yeah. people like characters that we're already familiar with have character interactions and grow and change. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, but this is where the episode ends. Also, this is it. Um, oh my god. Yeah. So like, honestly, like, well, let's let's save some of our like wrap up thoughts for the end of the podcast. But until we get there, we we have to start, Maggie, with "Wake Me Up Podcast Business." But it's a metaphor, metaphor. and metaphors, metaphors are, important. are important. Gold stars are important because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor, metaphor for me being a star. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a song that was in the episode. <laughs> Perfect. No. Okay. Nope. So. We're going to start, as we always do, with gold stars. Um, Maggie, who are you going to give a gold star this week? If you say Rachel Berry, I will reach through the internet and throttle you myself. <laughs> Santana. Yes. I, think. I also gave it to Santana because, like, literally no one else in this episode is good. They're all, they're all terrible no. and awful and not good. <laughs> like... 
okay, so let's talk Clayne for a second, yeah. right? Kurt is is no. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. The only thing he does is fawn over J- June Dalloway, which makes him seem like a total fangirl with no personality. Well, and and, and she doesn't even like him. So, like... He doesn't like him. Yeah, and he's not, like, upset by her not liking him. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. You don't like me. I have had significant problems with people who don't like me before, but okay. Yeah, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, but then Blaine, like you were saying earlier, doesn't oh, do anything also, either. Also, yeah, like... An- and I think about both of them, like them both being like, oh, success for one of us is success for both of us. I, but not yeah. in the way that you think. Like you would, you would assume that when you hear that, like it's like, oh, you feel joy when your partner succeeds. No, it's that they're literally both having their dreams come true. Yeah, that they, That's what that, that means. They want, they, they're like, whenever either of us is doing anything, since we're doing the same career, we'll both do it. And it's like, We'll just do it at the same time. You'll just need to bring me to rehearsal. Yeah, so- I can fit. We'll carpool. <laughs> so, yeah. And honestly, one of the other ones I'm not giving to Kurt seems like that's mostly his idea. Like, Blaine just kind of rolls yeah. with it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and um, Blaine, on the other hand, um, seems totally chill with June Dalloway. Um, Poo-pooing his fiancé and... Also being the rich elite. Yes. Um, and he wants, he wants, like, yeah. he literally goes around grabbing that it. money. Like, he wants it. Yeah. So, anyway. And he wants, he wants to grow up to be yeah. her. Le- and it's not because of the wealth or the status or anything like that. Yeah. It's because of the charisma? <laughs> so. What? So, so, Maggie, the only other person I would even consider is Mercedes. Mercedes, maybe? But yeah, Mercedes, maybe. My big thing is that. She doesn't really do anything either. Yeah, my big thing is that her main like plot point this episode is that she goes against the advice of her producer to include her high school friend in her like professional music career yeah. and it's like yeah literally listen to the people who know what they're talking about you're fucking 19 you don't know anything <laughs> you're stupid you don't know anything so anyway none of these people know anything no. so anyway <laughs> okay. let, let's move on with that we're gonna choose uh best yes. number and here are our, our options wake me up do up that thing stories of my life peace of my heart and the rose god this episode sucks um i yeah, i does. picked do up that thing yeah i'll choose that as well yeah i mean yeah Cynthia and mercedes they they mention in the show enough now like their voices sound real good together like they are very they sound good i like it i want to hear more of it that's it and it was it was like a fun staging of the number as well, where they were like traveling yeah, like throughout this building in a bathroom for a while, and then and like Deshaun with his with his like sound system, where he's like sort of holding the microphone like a boom, a little yeah. bit, but like it's just a mic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and he has like a like a like a, a headphone up to his ear to like hear what it sounds like or something. Like yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know it. He's also easy on the eyes, too. Yes. Thanks, Deshaun. Yeah. But um, and the rest of the songs are bad. The, like, Yeah, they're all... They're just bad. Like, Stories of My Life is okay, I guess, but I don't know. It just felt really awkward to me, because, like, June Dalloway is just, like, staring at yes. them. And, and particularly Blaine, and when he kisses her hand, I was just like, ooh, cringe city. <laughs> yeah, but, but, like, also, like, they do this number, and then I guess the... Like the like ceremony is over. It just disperse. Like, yeah, 
everyone just disperses. Yeah. Um, it's just weird. And yeah. it's over. Okay. Run. Get out of the seat. Yes. Um, and then, like, the rose is obviously intentionally, like, comedically bad. Like, Rachel does really good. It's just obviously set up for, of like, course. the tension to be, like, a joke. Um, and then Peace of My Heart. We talked about that one a lot. I do like the song. It's just the context is so bizarre. And, like, yeah. yeah. And then um, Wake Me Up. Like, to be fair. Oh, I, I, I want to say one thing about Peace of My oh, sure. Heart. Is that it really features a guitar player. Yeah. Um, so I think it would make sense um, if this song was sung with an actual character being that guitarist sure. rather than, yeah. you know, band member number seven. Right, because it has, like, a huge guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and Wake Me Up pisses me off because it's a suggestion of a storyline that could be happening um, rather than what does end up happening. Yes. You yeah. know? And I, I can understand that, like, the, so, the mental inner workings, like, the emotional... Uh, work that Rachel has to do to like unpack why she is feeling these feelings could still happen. And this is like a, a logical, like first step to that sort of plot line, perhaps. Uh, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. And part of it is also that like, I mean, it, part of it for me is that like, it's very obvious that like this number was popular around the time. So they were like, Oh, let's put this in because it also seems like an excuse for them to, like to do this weird editing stuff where like we we do all these like weird yeah. montage cuts of Rachel Clones. and the walking Rachels and there's all these Rachels and it's like ooh look at all this editing we did but it's like <laughs> yeah it's just a cash yeah. grab for the the single yeah. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> they have been so fucking audacious about that recently too right like I just Ugh, it's disgusting yeah. it, it's unfortunate because it feels like the I feel like the show might have had better music back when we were in Lima just because they did more numbers and, like, had to be more diversified. No, I th- I think you're right. Like, there have been some good New York numbers, but not a lot. No. Like, the the majority have been bad. Well, and I think part is they just don't have a great vehicle anymore for having people sing good numbers. Like... Well, there there is though, right? Like, think about "Don't Sleep on the Subway" for a second. Okay, right? but that a number full, is terrible. Like, like <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying okay. it is like a full dream sequence number where they have like great dancers and it's visually interesting. Yeah, but they choose to do that shitty song, <laughs> right? Which, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like the, it's not like they don't have the capability of making a great musical number in the New York setting. They just keep choosing shitty ass songs. Well, and but like also like last episode or two episodes ago, like they had this the one where Artie sang "Addicted to Love" and it was just like out of yeah. context and like weird and like, I it wasn't bad. It just, per yeah, se. and the the babes were cool. Yeah, I just. I, Maybe not like the babes who were fawning over Artie, but like the pissed off babes yes. in the band. Yeah, yeah, it's just. I don't know. I just, I feel like the quality has kind of dropped a bit. And it's more of like the artistic value yes. of all right. of it. Right. Again, because it's sort of dropped. Obviously, a bit. like no song that they do is ever like badly performed. Like the artists are all mm. very good singers. They all do a very good job at singing. It's just that like it doesn't really fit anymore or it's just a 
poopy song that like is bad. Like I just yeah. Poopy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think you're right. Like there's just so many bad choices and but do up that thing is a great yes. choice and makes sense for these two characters to like be riffing on some Lauren Hill yes. to try to find their their sound. Yes. You know? Absolutely. But for but the rose is just I can't it's not no. 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 Nope. I, like why the fuck would Rachel pick that song for an audition also? It's not like it's that bombastic. It doesn't show her range at no. all. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Um and yeah. a piece of my heart is just Okay, we can't go through one by one. These are all bad choices are being yes. made, everyone, which I'm sure you are aware of because more and more viewers stopped watching. Yes. So, Maggie, getting to that, let's move to the last piece of the podcast business. Our slushy rating. What what yeah. what do you think this episode deserves in terms of slushies? I'm giving it 4. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um I've just gotten more and more pissed off. The more I'm interacting with this episode, yeah. the more pissed off I am. That's fair. Um, I went with <laughs> I went with one and a half, mostly Damn. because, like, when we're talking about like the cringe stuff, this whole episode feels like it was built to just be very tense and very like cringy and make you want to be just like, what the hell are all of you thinking, type of thing, but. But that's not even what all the plot lines are I about. I guess so. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I was excited that Shirley MacLaine was... I guess, are we was... supposed to cringe at Mercedes, like, standing up for Santana and wanting to sing with her? Yeah. I just... Mm, I'm giving... Okay. I'm trying to remember the promise we made about being honest. Sure. No, you're... <laughs> about the ratings that we're giving yeah. Glee. And I think this episode is just straight up bad. I think it's <laughs> I... bad. There's no motivation for Rachel to be making these whack-ass choices. Yep. The the in-jokes are just terrible. Yes. I'm not interested in it. I think Jim Rash has a great performance, but every other guest person is not good, except for Deshaun. Sure. Sorry, Deshaun's amazing yes. as well. But... I just don't... I didn't really like Shirley, Shirley MacLaine as June Dalloway. Sure. I don't think she's wacky enough to be a socialite that I actually like. <laughs> Instead, she's just like this rich stereotype. Yes. And it that pisses me off, too, because yeah. we live in a terrible world. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. I'll bump mine up to four as well. It is a bad episode. Yeah. It's just... I think my thing is just that, like, I I want to, like extend an olive branch to Glee here to be like, you're right, 20-year-olds no. are stupid. But they didn't do a particularly good job of, like, fleshing that out. They just showed us people being yeah, stupid. Yeah, actually... Yeah, they didn't really interact with the idea that they're making bad decisions. They do. just, you know, yeah. do it. Um, okay. I also... I think part of it for me is also that, like, June Dalloway is, like, a grand demon is, like, just so good. Because, like... Blaine is... I'll, I'll watch any more content with June Dalloway with that in mind. Maybe I'll like her. Yeah, I, I think she's in the next episode, too, but we'll see. Um, but anyway, I, I'll I'll get, I'll get grant you this. This episode is really bad. I didn't enjoy watching it, which is... But I thought that, like, maybe yeah. there was a reason that, like... like I feel like... like we're saying, No, it's bad. That's why you didn't enjoy watching it. Because it's <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, like, cringe stuff isn't for me personally. <laughs> like, I don't enjoy watching Same. it. So, like, obviously I'm going to think it's yeah. bad. So, I don't know. But it's... The whole episode isn't cringe. No, you're right. Just, like, 
specific parts. Mostly Rachel's plotline. Like... Mostly Rachel's plotline. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's cringy to anyone who hates actual character motivation and art. Yeah. A little bit. Whatever. I'm just really feeling really angry about sure. all this. We're going to end the episode. I, I think we should... Uh, so that I, I don't just spew more Yeah, poison. I think we should acknowledge that and embrace it because we need... The show needs to be over. We're real close. Um, yeah. So... I need to excise my venom. <laughs> yes. Just like Santana. Yes. So... Um, that'll wrap it up for this show. Uh, next week, um, well, yeah, next week we'll be back with season five, episode 19. Jesus. Old dog, new tricks. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, you can reach out to us on, uh, Twitter and on our email. We, have, it's at smhakeglee and smhakeglee. S and M hate glee at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash S and M hate glee, um, where, uh, we push most of the donations to charity. Um, right now we're doing to the trans law center, um, because it's what glee kind of purported it wanted to do. It tries to address a lot of shit. It just didn't do a very good job. So we're trying to at least make some kind no. of impact, um, on its behalf. So positive impact. Yeah. That yep. is, um, and like Maggie was saying, uh, or like we were talking about at the top, um, I guess this comes out in a couple weeks, so it, yeah, less we'll already have yes, moved. Um, hopefully, there will be no pause in the release schedule, and all of this will be cut out from whatever episode you're listening. Yeah, um, true. Okay. Yep, we just uh, appreciate your positive vibes. Yes, in the oh. coming times. Yeah, um, and. Everyone just try to go out there and make the world a better place. Like June Dalloway was saying, you know, you just need to put your charisma out to every single person. And I think that's right. Um, and I don't think it's going to come back to you in millions of dollars yeah. of like social and like a socialite status. But I think it will come back to you in um, like a a positive way. And maybe we can just make the world a better place by being better. People. Well, and uh, stop eating Brazilian. Yeah. Beef. And like. Like June Dalloway, if that doesn't work for you, marry a billionaire. Um, marry a billionaire, and, and then we'll and all then be kill fine. him and okay. get all his money. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, Black Widow, a billionaire. So I love anyway, that. And next. Now we're gonna stop the. Yeah. Episode. Next week we'll be back with season five, episode nineteen, old dog, new tricks. But until then, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie, and we hate Glee from the top. Da, 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 da,